Showdown, our single game slates on DraftKings and FanDuel, can be one of the most exciting game styles in all of NFL DFS. We'll unlock the secrets for success in this format coming up next. Hello everyone, I'm Eric Lee. And I'm Gary Kurtzman, and we are the Fantasy Football Consultants. Eric, you know, we've been wanting to do the show for a while, the Captain Schweit Showdown. Uh, you know, we had previously, as our regular viewers know, so for the new viewers, we published a nine-class uh, nine master's class series. Includes a lot of really must-view uh, you know, must-see viewing, right? For anybody who is at all serious with DFS, um, we mined well, well over a 1,000 NFL games in an extraordinarily um, analytical, data-driven format with very actionable results. On uh, There's one video per position. We also did summary videos uh, for how to win cash games and overall strategies and overall strategies to win GPP. And you can see that in the link up above. The links are also in the description of this video. And like I said, if you are at all serious about playing DFS, they are absolutely must-see experiences. Yeah, and completely free. And those concepts in that video actually will help you in the Showdown Slates uh, competition as well. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, uh, go ahead and click the like button. And if you haven't yet, hit the red subscriber button followed by the bell icon to be notified of all our videos and content that, come out, that comes out. So let's get into the showdown slates, Gary. It basically is very simple. The rules are you have six positions to fill, just six, but they come from only one game. One person you are designating either as your captain or your MVP, and that person is going to be their results count as one and a half the value. Mm -hmm. And specifically on DraftKings as opposed to FanDuel, they also cost you <laughs> one and a half uh, the amount. So there is a, a, a cost to that on DraftKings. The player pool uh, is, not surprisingly, QBs, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and defense, but maybe a little surprising to some people, kickers. So let's start with cash games, Gary. So if they decide to open up uh, DraftKings, our, our fan doing say, you know what, I'm going to do the showdown for a cash game. What should they be considering? Well, first of all, like anything else, you start with your capital allocation. You have a certain amount of capital, either fifty dollars or $60,000, and you got to allocate it be, uh, between a certain number of players. Where do you start? How do you know running backs versus wide receivers versus tight ends, et cetera, et cetera? Look, here's the deal. The holy grail, and we're talking cash games now, um, the holy grail is that top-tier bell cow running back because no other position comes close to returning their expected value at a high, with a higher percentage, with, with as much consistency, Eric, as your bell cow running back. So, again, Captain Slate, uh, you know, as with all cash games, that's where, that's where you start. Um, you shift at that point, Eric. There yeah. are obviously other positions to consider. And the really interesting thing that I found in all of our statistical analysis of, uh, of these Captain Showdowns, Eric, is the quarterback position. Because that is really fundamentally different than any other kind of cash game. What you'd like to do, if at all possible, is roster both quarterbacks. 
It's really interesting. And, and why is that? Why do you want, in a cash game showdown, to roster both QBs? To put it simply, quarterbacks have the highest floor of any position. So if your quarterback has a bad game, they're going to get more points than if your running back has a bad game, your wide receiver has a bad game, etc. And just remember, folks, what you're going for is the high floors. So even though the ratio of expected points to salary is roughly the same with the quarterback as it is with some of those other high-powered positions, they've got a higher floor, so roster both of them if you can. You know what the one exception to that is, though? What's that? The one exception to that is the incredibly high-priced, the, the, uh, the top-tier quarterback. So Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. As it turns out, and even in previous years when the names were different, Right, the position is the same. The top tier quarterbacks are actually the ones you don't want to roster because they don't return their value as much as uh, some of the other positions do. In general, in, in general. general. So um, I think what's interesting about the, the quarterback, it's all it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, and, and, the, and the statistics back it up. They almost always throw for twenty five times, right? Almost despite, despite the. The game script, at a minimum. At a minimum, they're throwing the ball twenty-five times. Where you have running backs and wide receivers, uh, depending on the game script, it could be uh, completely yeah, could be phased, uh, out. phased out. So yeah. that's uh, that's one of the reasons why you you are kind of guaranteed that kind of high floor as uh, a quarterback because. If they're throwing the ball, the quarterback will have to be involved. And if you're Lamar Jackson, if you run the ball, the quarterback is almost always involved. All right. There so, you go. So um, let's, let's talk about that wide receiver. You know, in cash games, just like in the main slate, you want to get that high floor, which means you want targets. You mm-hmm. want to target high target for your wide, re- wide receiver uh, when selecting him. Because that is, um, you know, that... That's going to give you the consistency that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So high targets rather than high yardage, rather than high air yardage, it's targets which gives you that high floor. Yeah, we're going to see it'll be different when we get to G- GPP. Uh, and let's, for the first time maybe ever in our NFL DFS careers, talk about kickers. Uh, so, you know, kickers by nature uh, in generally have a high floor but a low ceiling. You know, uh, it is rare for them to go off. So they're more of a play in cash games than GPP. They'll provide a higher floor than, say, a defense. And they're usually right around the, the, the same price. So I'm usually opting to go with a kicker uh, rather than a defense. Kickers, it's true when you, you, you uh, every year when you do your season-long fantasy league, you go, well, what kicker do I want to roster on my team? It's always a kicker on the teams that you expect to do well, get a lot of wins, and expect to score a lot, score a lot, so they have opportunities. So uh, you definitely want to gobble up the kicker if in your uh, showdown uh, game that uh, the team fits those two categories. Well, yeah, and, and here's the deal. For anybody who tuned out the moment that Eric said kicker, I understand. I get it. I really do. Here's why you can't do that. Not in cash, not in cash lights, and not specifically uh, for Catholic showdowns. It's because, look, what did we just tell you? We just told you top-tier running back, roster it. Right? That's where you start. We just told you quarterbacks, get both of them if you can. Right, these are by far your best value plays. Okay, well, how much money are you gonna have left after you do that? You have to find value positions elsewhere in your lineup. If you can do that, maybe there's an injury to a running back and you've 
and you've got a free square running back that is a tremendous value because they're very well priced, doesn't reflect their, their uh, starting role for the game, that's great. Then you probably don't need a kicker. Good for you. If you can't find something like that, it, it, I, I can't say percentages, but I can tell you a lot of the time you're going to have to do one of two things. Either reach for a wide receiver two or three, right? And again, this is not GPP. You don't need the ceiling. You want the high floor, and those guys just don't have the high floors. Or for the same or lower price, you're going to find a kicker, which again has a higher floor than most positions other than, say, your RB1, your wide receiver one, your tight end one, or your quarterback. So... For all you guys who tuned out when you said kicker, go back and rewind and listen to it. I promise you, you're probably going to need it. Okay, see now, what I just heard, blah, 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 blah. Not what you said, just a conversation about kicker. A lot of season-long leagues are starting to get rid of the kicker as well. But, okay, so let's talk, let's shift gears. So far we were talking about if you play cash games. To be honest, most people, when they're talking about showdown slates, are interested in playing the GPP. So uh, let's focus. What should you be considering when you're filling out your showdown slate for GPP? Well, obviously, as we talked about in the main slate, you're looking for a high ceiling and you, um, you want to differentiate your lineup. Well, this is like the main slate on steroids because the main slate, depending on how many buys you have, features 10 to 13 games each week. Now, maybe a little less because the main slate doesn't include Thursday night and, uh, and Sunday night and uh, Monday night. But you have a lot of games that you're picking players from. Showdown is one game. Yeah. One yeah. game. So yeah. the number of possible... Uh, potential lineups that are out there are, are very finite. So it becomes really important to not only, most people say, hey, I just want to maximize my points that I get. I would differ. I think what you want to do is maximize your potential winnings, which means you have to consider about the ability that will my lineup just end up chopping the plot a pot. In other words, that you know a whole bunch of people, 50, 100 people are going to have that same lineup. And even if I do real well and win, I'm going to be splitting it 100 ways. Yeah, right. That's right. And, and let's get into detail about... The most popular way in winning lineups to be unique. Now, obviously, uh, you know, even within one game, there are uh, still finite, but uh, lots of different combinations you can have of players and whatnot. But it was interesting to me when you look at the winning lineups, Eric, 18%, almost one in five winning lineups for Captain Showdowns left $1,000 or more on the table. So that is so hard for the average person. And you got to remember, absolutely. there's a lot of people who play GPP who are more like beginners, who aren't smart enough to watch this video. And they're going to always try to use up all their sound. And isn't that human nature? So if I had money, I want to spend money. Yeah. Right? Because obviously the higher the price for the player, the more points they should get. True. That's true. But remember Eric's point. you got to differentiate yourself. So if you're in a position where you realize, hey, I picked a lineup, I'm actually feeling pretty good about it, but holy crap, I got a thousand bucks left to spend in the GPP Captain Showdown. 
don't worry about that nearly as much. It's actually a very viable, like I said, almost one in five branding lineups had $1,000 or more sitting on the sidelines. Interesting way to be unique for sure. And I'll, I'll, I'll step it up. If you fill out your lineup and you've used all the salary, you've only left 100 on the table, relook at it and see if you can make some changes in that lineup where you feel almost as good if you drop down in salary for another, another option. Just remember the one big point is, as you're being unique, tell a story. Yes. Tell a story. What needs to happen in this game for, for your lineup to win? That is true for every single GPP contest, whether it's Captain Showdown or anything else. This quarterback needs to do well against this pass rush. He's going to be targeting this receiver or that receiver, and they're going to combine for at least two touchdowns. Some story like that, okay? And, uh, you know, that what that will do for you is that will increase your correlation. And, again, for all GPP contests, that's exactly what you want to do. So, Gary, when we talk about telling a story, you're looking at this one game. You only have to figure out one game and try to figure out what's the game script like, what it's going to be like. Now, the good news is you got a little help from one of your smartest friends ever, which is called Las Vegas, <laughs> who will publicize uh, the line, the odds, and how, whom, how much uh, the favorite is favored, and the over and under. Let's talk about the over and under first. What happens, Gary, if your, your game has a very low over-under, which traditionally has been a lot of Thursday night games where they're not expecting a lot of points to be scored? What are the factors you should be considering if that's what you think is going to be? Okay. So if the over-under is low, especially if the over-under is very low, and we're talking literally 35 points or less, so that's a low-scoring game, folks. Um, what you want to do is that's when you think about including a defense or a kicker. Believe it or not, in that order. So we talked about kickers having higher fours and defenses, and that's true, right? But now we're talking about GPP showdowns. We're not talking about cash. And in a low-scoring game, think about what story you can craft that a defense would do particularly well against an offense. Shouldn't be that hard to craft a story if it's a low-scoring game, folks, right? And make sure to get that defense in there because in low-scoring games, um, a high percentage of the winning lineups, believe it or not, include a defense. And maybe actually, maybe that's uh, you know less uh, uncommon uh, than than the viewers think because let's face it, especially defenses with a good pass rush. Okay, you get you get a point per sack. Yeah, also sacks or pressures create turnovers. Sometimes turnovers create touchdowns. That's the kind of story that you need to weave in order for a defense to really put you over the top. Yeah, so the opposite side, what yeah, if you what expect... If, what, if, what if they're high-scoring games? So yeah. now we're talking like 50 or more, right? What, what would you tend to do in that situation? Well, what I think people forget is the NFL is still very much a passing league. About two-thirds of the yardage and two-thirds of the points come from the air. So... The quarterback and whatever wide receiver you think will do real well, you want to have both of those in your uh, showdown lineup. Now, if salary is a concern and you think the wide receiver two is also going to do well, you could potentially do that. But that is a key. You've got to get, think about getting potentially, maybe if you can afford, both quarterback and wide receiver connections. So then what do you do if you start to run out of money when you do that? What would be a strategy for that? Well, like I said, you may want to go down to wide receiver two if that's a lot cheaper. You may want to go to their tight end. 
always like to remind people that um, there are some running backs out there that are sensational uh, guys in the passing game that you can stack them as well. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the Saquon Barkleys and the um, and the James Whites and of, co- of course Christian McCaffrey who had more receptions than anyone last year not named Michael Thomas. So um, any of those guys uh, would fit well because, like you mentioned, you're continuing to tell a story by making these stacks. Right. So we've talked about the low-scoring games. We've talked about the high-scoring games. The one other kind of game that would have a, a game strip and a story to tell, Eric, that would be a blowout. Mm. Right? And sometimes there are. Right? I mean, hey, let's face it. Like, half the Super Bowls of the first 25 Super Bowls are blowouts, just as an example. In fact, probably first 35. Right? And Thursday night games, for some unknown reason, tend to have a relatively high percentage of blowouts. Just an example. What do you do in case of a blowout, even if it's not, a, from an over-under standpoint, a low or a high-scoring game? Here's a stack that works remarkably well in blowouts. Right? And again, I think this is intuitive, but it's firmly backed up by the data, and that's the running back defense stack. So, yeah, why is that, Gary? Why, well, first of all, they're both coming from a winning team, just to be perfectly clear. Right? You want the running back and you want the defense for the winning team. And it's most football fans know this, but when teams jump out ahead, first of all, they may have jumped out ahead because of their running back. And even if they didn't, once they jump out ahead, they're going to force feed the running game to continue to dominate the defense, to milk the clock, to play more conservative football, to give the other team less of a chance to come back and score. For all those reasons, the running game, as a percentage of plays run, uh, becomes much higher. In fact, it becomes well over 60% You know when teams jump out to a two-touchdown lead. So if the game is going to be a blowout, Hey, it's a volume play, Eric. you got to get that running back. And then, of course, from a defense standpoint, what you love to have your defense face is a quarterback that is forced to pass because they know what's coming. they got a pass rush. They can literally pin their ears back and just gun for the quarterback. You get a point for sacks. Pressures can cause turnovers. Turnovers can cause touchdowns. Hallelujah. The clouds part. The sun shines through. And you've got yourself a winning GPP lineup. They, they literally pin their ears back? I haven't seen that in training. The helmets fit rather tightly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, a couple, a couple of things that you said. When you pair that running back with the defense, pick the correct running back, folks. You're not picking the pass-catching running back in that situation. You're picking the running back that is likely going to get carries when they're ahead, who's the goal line uh, back. Uh, And you guys can potentially predict, of course, if it's going to be one of these blowout games by looking at the line. We've talked about in other shows kind of a magic number being seven. Um, To the extent that the line has a greater than a seven-point favorite, then there's a pretty good chance statistically that that could result in a blowout. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing that I would like to add is, apart from the running back defense, what you want to make room for in your lineup is the wide receiver one and the opposite team. Because what's the opposite team going to do? The opposite team is going to throw. And typically, and of course, this is not always, and no strategy we're going to give you is ever a foolproof strategy, but statistically speaking, the, the, the player that benefits most from being behind by 14 points or more is the wide receiver one, which I think is statistically interesting because, among other things, it's not the opposing quarterback. Mm-hmm. Because if a quarterback targets a player on a, on a relatively high percentage of plays, then it's the player that has the higher ceiling. Now, that player could be a tight end. It's typically a wide receiver one. It kind of just depends on the team. 
right? But that player is going to have a higher ceiling for fantasy purposes than the quarterback will. So find that wide receiver one on the other team, throw that in a sort of a combo stack as well. All right. One thing that's unique about these showdown slates is this captain position. So in this captain position, this is this is huge, Gary, in determining your lineup. You, in order to, especially at GPP, in yeah. order to have any success in, in winning, you've got to nail the captain it's spot. It's worth fifty percent more than every other spot, so you darn well better nail it. And when you uh, pick a particular position as your captain spot, it usually then drives the rest of your lineup. So we wanted to have a little discussion about each potential position as the captain spot and then what the what the resulting uh, rest of your lineup should be filled out at. absolutely so why don't why don't you kick it off here with one of the most popular from the percentage of winning lineups what's one of the most popular uh, positions to put at a captain well my personal favorite is wide receiver there's a couple reasons i like that first of all Wide receiver has the most volatility of the three main positions, quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. And remember, we're looking for volatility. We're looking for, uh, to, uh, to separate our, our, ourselves. So I love going with a, a, a wide receiver, especially if it's, you know, I, I have confidence in the particular passing game of that wide receiver in the, in the showdown game. And especially on DraftKings, where you have to pay for that one and a half for the uh, captain or MVP slot. I, if I can get a wide receiver two that I have confidence in, so I save some money but still have that great high ceiling, it's my favorite way to do captain slots. Who are the wide receivers two that I'm looking at? Well, I'm certainly looking at uh, wide receiver two where the wide receiver one may be facing a shutdown corner. So there's a more opportunity for that wide receiver two. I'm also uh, looking for a wide receiver two that I have success for, especially if that wide receiver gives me a lot of air yards. Yep. Because air yards adds the volatility, Gary. Yeah, absolutely. So here's a question for you. Uh, with the wide receiver being a, a popular pick for captains for the reasons you just talked about, um, would you ever, in, obviously in a non-captain position, you can only have one captain, right? Right. Uh, so in got a non- five more positions right. I have to. So in one of those five positions, would you ever consider throwing in another pass catcher from that same team? Good question. I'll, I will answer that in a second. But what I will absolutely unequivocally do is put that uh, wide receiver's quarterback in my uh and fill a filled spot. Because if for my wide receiver who's that captain to do really well, his quarterback's got to do, do well. Now, to answer your question, depends on the team and the offense in the right situation. I may double up on uh, a, a, a wide receiver or potentially a tight end, but that's it. No more weapons in the passing game, either by a, a, a running back who catches a lot of passes or a tight end or a, another wide receiver. So at max, I have one other pass catching option because if I put three options, then what I'm saying is the quarterback is going to have a tremendous day, and then he should be in my captain spot. Right. So I'll fall behind right. all the other people who put him in the captain spot. That that makes perfect sense. It gets harder because there's only one game to pick from, so yeah. you're going to have to double up, oftentimes on both sides. right? Oftentimes yeah. on both teams, the number of offensive weapons, but those are excellent points. So we've talked about wide receivers as a good choice for the captain slash MVP position, but of course there are other NFL positions that should be considered. 
Um, Eric, I think one of the obvious ones is quarterback. And why would that be obvious? Because as the positions go, quarterbacks score more fantasy points than any other, so why wouldn't you consider a quarterback? And a lot of people do. I think it's one of the most popular uh, positions as the MVP or captain. And, and that makes some sense, but here's what a lot of people don't consider. Statistically speaking, you're better off picking a quarterback with a significant running option to their game. Why would that be? Even if a quarterback goes off in the passing game, let's say a quarterback throws for more than 400 yards, throws for more than three touchdowns, chances are they're targeting their wide receiver one. That is statistically true in the majority of the games. Is that true for all games? Of course not. Is that true for all teams? Of course not. So you will, you will adjust accordingly depending on the individual game. But in aggregate, quarterbacks in big games, especially in the blowout games where the offenses go off by four or more touchdowns, 400 or more yards for the quarterback, they're targeting the wide receiver one. What's the problem with that? After all, your quarterback's going to get a lot of points. Fantasy-wise, you'd have been better off with that wide receiver one as a captain, and you will fall behind anybody who put that wide receiver one in the captain's role. Unless the quarterback can augment their points with a significant running game. That's the beauty. He runs the ball in. No one else gets any points. You're just, you're hoarding the points. That's what you want to do in showdown. Absolutely. So if you're going to pick a quarterback, please strongly consider a component with a running game. Yeah, it's almost frustrating because every time you pass the ball, your quarterback does. The person who catches it gets a reception. Gets more points. (laughs) And more yardage. And if they score a touchdown, more points with a touchdown. Exactly. A question on quarterback. Fine, you put uh, the quarterback in your captain's position. Just curious... You have to put it. How many pass catchers do you do you usually like to put in there? Uh, you got to put at least one, right? Um, you got to put at least one. And statistically, like I said, the wide receiver one is 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 the biggest beneficiary in aggregate. Okay, again, depends on the game and the team, but in aggregate, you're going to want that wide receiver one in there. That may not be all, because what you have to do in any GPP contest, Eric, Captain Slate or otherwise, uh, is craft a story. Okay. So does that story include the quarterback distributing the ball around, right? If it does, then try and think, is it a tight end? Is it a wide receiver two? Is it a, is it a pass-catching running back? Okay, none of those would be out of the question, especially because we're talking about an offense that's going to score a whole bunch of points, right? So at the end of the day, you're probably going to get at least two, and believe it or not, even possibly three pass catchers. From yeah, there. because they better score a lot of points if you're hitting the quarterback as your, your yeah. captain. So it's a mistake if you have a quarterback and a captain, and you don't have at least two pass catchers on that team. All right, what if you put a running back as your captain? So that's the other option, right? There are three options. We talked about wide receivers, talked about quarterbacks, running back. Well, that is a great option, but it better be the running back for the favorite team, and you better think that that team is going to win by seven or more points. Okay, there's a little bit of a delineation statistically with that. Why? If for no other reason than... The RB1s from a team that wins by seven or more points, um, you know, statistically returns their value and has a higher ceiling than any other position. So if you're in a game like that, an RB1 from the winning team makes a terrific caption option. Okay, let's suppose that you have uh, a team that's going to be a big favorite, so you pick the uh, running, running back. Would you ever pick 
another running back from that same team. I mean, they they're a big favorite. Ooh, probably not. It's weird that I wouldn't say definitely not because man, Belcar running backs get thirty touches. That doesn't leave a whole lot more touches for any other running backs. There mm-hmm. are precious and few teams that can pull that off. Um, quite frankly, uh, the New Orleans Saints for years have been able to pull that off. Uh, they don't have Mark Ingram anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. Now they have Latavius Murray, but even Latavius Murray has shown that he and Alvin Kamara can both eat. Certainly with Mark Ingram, that was also true. How about uh, the Patriots, but, where they have kind of a, pretty, a guy that's a pretty good pass-catching back from James White versus Sonny Michelle? Would you... That's a tougher one. It sounds like a great story. It really does. But at the end of the day, um, it's typical that one of those two backs are going to do much better than the other. Again, yeah. it just depends on what, what the story you're yeah. telling is. If the major is going to be up all games, it's going to be Sonny Michel because he's going to be force-fed the ball. Otherwise, it's probably going to be James White. Either yeah. way, it's, it's, it's hard. Even on a team like that, it's hard yeah. to justify the ball. Because the problem is, if you're putting the, your running back as captain, you're saying he is going to do really well. Because if he doesn't, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> and we just... It's negatively it's not correlated. Not for, a any lot other quarter, for any other running backs. That's so, that's the problem. Yeah. So uh, under understood. You know, I think one of the top tight ends out there. You know, there's there's about four or five of them, and maybe a really good value one, like a like last year's Tyler Higby came on, could potentially be your captain. But I know we're going to get it in the comment section. Would you ever put defense or a kicker? As your captain? No. Well, no, no you just no. no, never. No. What? What? what no. San Francisco 49er defense. You love them. <laughs> I do. Against the Miami Dolphin offense from last year. <laughs> their ceiling. Their ceiling's too low. Their ceiling's too low. Whoever you. What put about in the there, volatility that you can potentially get? Volatility right? is great, but it has and to. Come, it has to come with a high ceiling. Contrarian. Uh, contrarian for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, not all contrarians are good strategists. Uh, you got to contrarian and winning strategy. The answer is no. Their ceilings aren't high enough. And even with a tight end, you know that tight end needs to be the best pass catching yeah. option on the team. So even somebody like Kelsey, you could do it under certain circumstances. Uh, if they were facing the Arizona Cardinals last year, that would be a great option. They struggled heavily with tight ends. Although, given their first round pick in the NFL draft, they probably won't this year. Um, or George Kittle, because the Niners didn't have a good you know, pass catcher. Maybe Debo Samuel, but let's face it, Kittle was the best. But, you know, those are just very yeah, specific. Ma- Ma- Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz are arguably the, the best those, pass catchers on their teams. Even, even those are tough because Andrews was so touchdown dependent. And, you know, Not Zach, an Andrews fan. <laughs> not a huge Andrews he, fan. He, he just... Ended and his subscription. Ertz underperformed <laughs> last year. He was a little bit tough to watch. But anyway, it's, it's few and far between. You can craft a story where it might work. It just is, um, like I said, it's, it's very rare. Well, I hope through this discussion uh, our viewers have more things that they want to think about when they craft their, their lineup. First of all, that they're considering whether it's cash or whether it's GPP. And then they're making the very important decision of who am I going to slot in that captain spot and then the story, especially for GVP, the story that you see. Yep. Do you see it a blowout game? Do you see it a high-scoring game? Do you see it as a low-scoring game? So we're giving you a lot to think about, but we want to hear from you guys. I know a lot of you guys have played the showdown slates a lot and are, are, are very sharp at it. Tell us if there's a strategy you're using that we didn't mention or something that you may know. Maybe you disagree with something that we said. We're cool with that. Just uh, let us know what you think in the comment section. 
So as a reminder, check out our nine NFL DFS Masterclass series, which is right below me. It's free on YouTube. And also check out a video that we did recently with the five common mistakes of NFL DFS players. Until our next video, we'll look forward to seeing you then. See you next time. Just when you think this show is terrible, something wonderful happens. What? It ends. Oh. <laughs>